You're flying on your magic skis Like Louise You heard right. Go grab those magic skis and let's meet at Lake Louise. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Kelly Vanderbeek, Olympian sports broadcaster and photographer. Here we'll be delving into mountain tales from the past, present, and future, while getting to know a few people we affectionately call Legends of Lake Louise. Joining us today is Jack Kolish, self-proclaimed fun-haver who happens to be blowing up the freeride world. In this episode, you'll learn what not to wear in the cold and what cowboys have to do with skiing. Plus, we'll wrap things up with our Name That Sound. It's a doozy today and the Fast Five. Jack, thanks for being here. Um, I think uh, already just from the two seconds we've been chatting here, we're, we're ready for a little slice of humble pie because <laughs> you're only 18 years old, but you can throw down out there on the mountain. And before we get too deep into big mountain stories, I want to take us back to some of your earliest memories and how you fell in love with the sport. Yeah, well, I've been like I've been skiing as long as I can, as long as I've been alive, as long as I can remember. My mom skied with me when she was pregnant, and I started skiing when I was you know a year and a half old at Lake Louise, and been skiing at Louise ever since. Almost a couple years at Pano in between, but been skiing Louise ever since, and started ski racing when I was like, six. And um, I don't know, we would always like kind of go free ski in the afternoon with the Lake Louise Ski Club, and just I was always more stoked on that than doing gates and. Then I, I don't know, I stayed with it for a while, like it was fun. I had lots of friends doing it, so I stuck with it for a long time, but kind of made the switch when I was 14 to fully competing Big Mountain. Yeah. And then just, I don't know, way more fun. You, haven't stopped, you haven't stopped running since then, yeah. I haven't stopped, no. Yeah, it's just been an upward climb, which is pretty exciting. How do you think, though, the skills you learned in racing may have helped you and just set oh, you up for success? It's huge. Like, racing makes you such a strong skier, makes you super solid, and really the judges really like to see that in big mountain so really really makes you a strong skier which i think helps a lot with the big mountain side of things now i was uh, creeping you out on uh, instagram as we do in our world today <laughs> um and you had just this big belt buckle on it was it had nothing to do with the image or what you were doing but it just made me think of cowboy culture you know and the whole idea of just this rodeo of what it feels like when you're dropping in or just the whole atmosphere of competing yeah. and do you connect with that at all, or how would you? You're just yeah. nodding away here, <laughs> yeah. so go ahead. Yeah, well, so actually, I won that buckle at a competition, which was uh, kind of cool. That's one of my favorite things. But many people may not know that, like belt buckles are a common thing. It's a rodeo thing, and it is a ski yeah. thing for sure. Oh, for sure. That was the first buckle I've ever won, and cool. I was pretty stoked on that one. And I don't know. It's just like it's, it's rowdy sometimes, and it's like everybody's stoked, but it's always like hectic and. It's never never the same thing twice, so it's just yeah, very very rowdy is the word I would use sometimes. But. Oh, and you got to think on the fly. I mean, a lot of times, I, I, nothing against swimmers. It's just not for me. The idea <laughs> of putting in the 10,000 hours looking at the bottom of the pool, I, I just, that's not me. Yeah. And when you think about just all the dynamics that are being thrown at you, how do you channel that and keep it calm in the chaos? Listen to music. Like, when I ski, listen to music and just, like, I don't know, everything is crazy. And then as soon as you drop in, like, my brain is empty. I don't remember, like, half my comp runs. It's just, like, I'm so, I don't know, like, I, it's, it sounds, like, cheesy, but I'm just, like, so focused on that. Like, my brain just turns off. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I, I, like, 
I find after I would compete often things would like slowly come back to me as if you're having this like oh right that happened oh I remember that now yeah. <laughs> and that's like, the other yeah. people even mention stuff it's like oh yeah and yeah. I think that I mean that's the epitome of the, the zone yeah, right the epitome sure. zone and when you talk about music what kind of music are you listening to are you a wide variety or you kind of have your channel well like normally a variety but for like comps like metal metal I mean that's mostly what I listen to but like yeah. Just gets me super stoked and kind of forget about the nerves a little bit. And, gets you into the frame of mind. Anything that sounds good, I like. Totally. Yeah. Now, you're one of the rare um, people in, you know, small mountain towns around the world. They are filled with transplants. And no, I'm not talking organs. I'm talking people <laughs> who have moved from around the world to, to live there because yeah. they've fallen in love with the space. But you were born here. You are born in Banff, raised in field. Essentially, you like straddle Lake Louise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, so what about this area and this valley and these views do you really connect with when you're traveling abroad? Yeah, I, I don't know. Louise just feels like home to me and like just being back in field this year, like it was, it was a convenience thing, but it's, it's really, I like living there. It's so, so nice. There's such a good community there and it's, it's fun to just be in such a small town where you know everybody and like skiing Louise every day. I see so many familiar faces and just, yeah, it's just, you don't get that in other places, but I really, really like Louise and really like just being able to, you know, know every inch of that mountain and really know the area well. And it's just fun. You are, are spoiled. Like th- oh, this this is sure. all you know, <laughs> yeah, right? And yeah. so there's kind of a – but when you're traveling abroad, when you are going to Austria and you're, you're moving all over and you're just visiting these epic places, what about Louise do you miss? Just, like, the familiarity of it. Like, yeah. I could get used to anywhere, but Louise, like, I don't know. It's, a conveni- it's very convenient for skiing for me, like, for training-wise. And I just, like – you know, I could get used to any hill – but Louise is like, I'm already used to it. I don't need to spend a day or like a season even figuring out everything. I can just go and try stuff. Just be. Yeah. And like, you know, I could, I could get used to skiing other hills. I ski Pano quite a bit too. And I'm used, like I know Pano, but Louise is just. For those who may not know, that's Panorama. About an hour and a half away from Lake Louise. But, uh, yeah, I, and I get that. I mean, now when you're just able to be and you're that comfortable, what are your go-to tricks? Backflips. Backflip, hand drag three, and left three. Those are like kind of kind of the go-tos. Uh, I throw other stuff, but that's kind of like oh, I'm comfortable with those off pretty well. Anything. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up those moves with wondering. Now you you coach with Uller. And for those who don't know, Uller is actually the name. It's, it's in reference to a Norse god, often associated with snow. So we, send, we call him the god of snow. I'm curious, what are your dance moves for Uller, the god of snow? <laughs> oh, boy. Not, uh, not much of a dance. Not much of a dance. Okay. All right. Well, you just turned 18. So we, yeah, that can come. That, that can, come. can come. All yeah. right. <laughs> got, got some time with those. Now, you're just coming off of some epic performances, but one of them that is particularly notable, Freeride World Junior Championships, you were third. Can you Third in 2022. Fifth yes. this year. Yeah. yeah. It's epic. Like, that's, I mean, that's unbelievable performances and the consistency, yeah. right? That's two times top five. Now, can you take us through some highlights or some stories from those experiences? I mean, most people don't get to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, well... So 20, the 2022 championships was 
that was just like flying by the seat of my pants. Like we we got there and everybody it was all like peak of COVID still, so we were having to get like COVID tested every like couple days, and so they really pushed to run the event early in the weather window. So I skied for one day before the con. Like wow. we we flew, did a face check day, and then competition confirmed that night and competed the next day on like pretty terrible snow. So it was just like. Did other people have that same situation, or were others more settled in there? Uh, a little bit. Not not many people skied before we did. Like we, everybody kind of started skiing the same day. All the Canadians, at least, but they were in Europe for a few days before, so they kind of recovered from the jet lag a little more than I did. But and then just it's a crazy venue. Like it's totally new visual inspection. I'd never done that before. Like every other inspection was on the venue, whereas that's just looking at it with binoculars. So. <laughs> That was just, just context. You're looking at it with binoculars at it being a massive mountain with cliffs and and the perspective is totally different, right? Like yeah. you the experience you need to have to be able to visualize yourself into that space. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you did a pretty good job at it. Like, <laughs> I mean, wow. Yeah, it was it was a lot. I spent you know, like, the week before that, watching every piece of old competition footage, like, previous junior events. They had a couple of world tour stops on that venue. I think I watched probably every competition run on that venue. It's genius. Just, like, trying to figure it out. And I mean, it's different from year to year with snow. And then, you know, get there and kind of start to try and piece together a line. And we we took some good photos of it. So, like, looking at those, like, right before I went to bed, too, and just really, really trying to get it dialed and really know where I'm going. That's the thing is that there's a lot of homework, right? There's so many things that just like, ah, so fun. Just go and drop in. But the amount of homework that goes into what you do. And I know, again, I'm already going to say it again. You're only 18 years old, (laughs) but in villages and in areas like Lake Louise or Banff or Canmore or Field, everybody has a slightly different story or business model for how they make it work. And I recognize you're still young, but how are you making it work? Like, how do you sort of, you know, pay for things like gas (laughs) um i firefight in the summer that's sweet that's kind of the big driver there um got on with bc wildfires like a junior firefighter so did that last year for my rookie season so that was that helps a lot and then i got like a pretty cheap place and field which i was very lucky to get and then just coaching lots and kind of living on the cheap (laughs) yeah but already passing on your knowledge right so the fact that you're coaching what do you like most about coaching and what do you find you're able to use on the mountain at louise to really kind of build that next gen yeah i love coaching like it i don't know i was pretty like tentative on it the head coach really wanted me to do it and i was like all right like i'll I'll try it and i did a couple days like guest coaching last year i was like okay this is pretty fun like get to go and rip and get kids fired up and kind of help them progress in a way where they're ideally not going to kill themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Ideally. It's still, still, we still have some heavy falls coaching, but try to like pass on what I've been taught by my coaches. Just try to like, you know, progress and do it in a way where like you have somebody to chase around and like somebody to just kind of not like hold your hand, but just guide, guide you through how to do something in a way that like is smart. Cause I know when I was, like, being coached, it was, like, I just want somebody to, like, oh, Dad, he did that, I got to try this. Or, like, you know, they're skiing fast, I got to keep up, like, that sort of thing. You know, thinking about you coaching and working with a bunch of kids, I'm curious, what inspires you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? That's 
a big one. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big one. That's yeah. A, uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, just like, I don't know. It's different every day. You know, we, we never ski the same stuff. We always are doing new things and just, we like, we switch, we change groups every day. So I'm never coaching the same kids. It never gets old. Like it's always super exciting and we have a really good group of kids on the team. So it's really a pleasure to coach them. And a lot of times they're, you know, like, Hey Jack, can you try this? Like I want to, you know, cork sev this jump. I'm like, well, that means I have to do it. Like, that's, <laughs> that's something, <laughs> you know, it, it helps push me too, especially with the older kids. Like they really, you know, help me, help me to progress funny enough, but. That's interesting. A coach athlete dynamic where you're also progressing and still yeah. an athlete. It's it's a pretty interesting dynamic. One I never experienced, but I love hearing about it. It's yeah. cool. Um I saw again creeping you on Instagram. Um another one of your posts where you summed up your year. I think it was twenty twenty one, but the fact that you summed up your year in two images. <laughs> one, Jack was flying through the air. It just looked like one of those moments where you can just see the silence of being in the air, of just knowing that nothing matters except for that moment. And yeah. the other image was you just being a goofball with your girlfriend. Yeah. And what a cool way to live. Yeah, I'm very, very fortunate in that matter. Yeah, uh, my girlfriend's very supportive of my skiing, and she coaches too, so get to work with her is pretty awesome. That's very cool. Uh, we have a thing um, that we're doing in all these episodes – it's called Name That Sound. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> and this one's – so we've had some lob balls. This is not a lob ball. This is this is a little bit tricky. You'll be able to identify the sound, I think, but what exactly it is, I don't know. So uh, are you ready for it? I guess so. All right. I, I feel like I need to put on a timer to see how this goes. But uh, all right. Okay. Yeah. Ready? Here we go. Oh, that's a GoPro clip for sure. Nope. No. No. I hear some poles clicking there. Yeah. Am I getting close? That's what I heard too. I, I heard, I was like, okay, I thought it was maybe like a spike going in or something. Try again. So GoPro, so think you're right. You got the clicking. Sounds like, I don't know, like grabbing a camera or something like that. So I didn't identify it either because for me, when I take the snow off the bottom of my boots, I, I put my boot on my bindings and just go tuck, 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 tuck. Okay. This is somebody hitting whacking. their, whacking it with their pole. Oh. I'm like, nobody does that who's a pro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Never would have guessed that. I no. thought it was somebody, you know, turning a GoPro on, clicking their poles, that sort of thing. It's all relative, right? Yeah. You hear what you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, now we're going to run into the Fast Five. Okay, favorite run at Lake Louise? ER3. ER3. Not ER7, ER3. Okay, I like it. Current ski of choice? Fisher Ranger 108 and 185. 185. So I was actually curious about the length of ski that you'd be on. I'm currently, it took me forever to get to a shorter ski. I'm on a 172 right now, but I was 185. Yeah, I have a pair of 190s coming too, but 185 is kind of good for everything. I like I tour them too, so something a little shorter for touring is nice, but super chargy on the hill. How tall are you? Uh, awkward, but because he's a man, I'm going to ask, how much do you weigh? <laughs> mm, like one, 170? Okay. 170 All right. pounds? All right, just curious for the yeah. gear junkies out there in case you were wondering. All right. Um, Kate, top song of choice before you drop into year, year three? Oh, probably like Kickstart by Heart by Motley Crue. It's a good one. Nice, a little motley. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
try to like time it as I hit a first air or something. Oh, so you actually like will set up your song so it times at the right moment for an air? Mm, not for airs. Sometimes for comps, I'll try to get like the hard part in the start gate. But oh, that's happens, next level. That's like DJ level. <laughs> yeah, you- just click the AirPods and you know rewind it until I until I can go. <laughs> Do you have you ever had anybody mess with your music or like just no? All right, yeah, just no like, sabotage there. <laughs> no, just like put the tunes in and just like press play and go. <laughs> so Flatlight is the devil. Yeah, we've talked about Flatlight. Anybody who knows knows. So your go-to lens color? I've like kind of a greeny blue lens. I've been rocking for the last couple of years, and it's kind of a good everything lens. I just kind of got sent it out of the blue and ended up really liking it. So. Trying to get another one of those because I scratched it pretty good. I was the just other gonna day. say, how many backups do you have? Um, zero. <laughs> zero. <laughs> I got the the speed shades in the pocket. That's about it. Okay, let's get this next up and coming star, Jack, some backup lenses. We'll work on that. Okay. All right. Note to uh, producers or anybody listening. So, if people are afraid of our cold, what's your number one tip? Layers. Agreed. But good layers. Yeah. Wool. Well, well, I can't. I can't speak for that. I wear, like, cotton 90% of the time. What? Cotton kills. Haven't you heard that? It's like a boat saying. Yeah, I get a, given a hard time about it all the time, but I ski in, like, a T-shirt and a Carhartt flannel. Like, those are what? my base layers. And then, like, back protector and, like, down in Gore-Tex on the outside, but, like, just a, a Carhartt pearl snap. That blows my mind. So I would not last, like, 30 minutes. I would be so cold. Yeah. I'm already cold all the time, and I have so many clothes on. It's yeah. ridiculous. And then just mitts. Huh. Even like I even experimented with perforated neoprene, which is amazing. <laughs> and uh, so I was a downhill ski racer, and it actually we tested it in the wind tunnel. It was ridiculously fast. So oh, not not a thing for uh, all mountain, oh, but <laughs> just like baggy pants, baggy pants. Yeah, like I wear like pajama pants. That's... Lower the better, or no? <laughs> just no, kidding. no, no. I wear I a belt all the time. I can't stand the like halfway down your ass type of butt type of thing. <laughs> Completely agree. Yeah. I don't really feel that or get it. Yeah. I like, like, wide is sick, but, like, down, not it. Not in. Not it. But just, car hearts. Yeah. And cotton. Just, it's comfy. Just doing you, Jack. Yeah. Jack's doing I Jack. just, like, take off my jacket and I'm wearing a flannel. It's good. Hey, right, ready for a press ski. Exactly. Exactly. See, 18 and he's already teaching us I'm, things. I'm prepared. Um, finally, you just turned 18 years old. Uh, for those who don't know, in Alberta, that is drinking age. Field, where he lives, is actually not quite drinking age because British Columbia is 19, Alberta's 18. Confusing, I know. But at Lake Louise, you could have an Apresky drink. So what is your favorite? Gotta go, like, Corona Lime. Corona Lime. Can't go wrong with it. Can't go wrong. Nice, refreshing, sets the mood. Any other stories or anything that you want to touch on or talk about? I mean, you mentioned that your mom skied with you when she was pregnant. And I swear to God, that is like a thing of people who fall in love with skiing. My mom did the same. Like the number of people I know skiing and boarding who were just like, oh, yeah, my mom, she was pregnant when she was skiing with me. I'm like, oh. I don't know. I don't remember it, but. Obviously. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I think it was just like worked out well timing wise and. Maybe made me fall in love with it before I even knew it. Do you have any memories when you were really little? I mean, like you said, your earliest memories, you've been skiing your whole life. But do you have, does anything stand out? I, ha- I was, funny enough, I was actually looking through some old Facebook posts of my parents and found a good one of me skiing when I was probably like six of me and my friend colliding really hard <laughs> on like Pika. It's like, 
Yeah, I remember that one now. <laughs> if you have kids and you ski like Louise, you are going to get to know Pika quite well. Yeah. It is just this sort of age bracket of five, six, seven-year-olds who are just like, Pika, Pika, it's all they want to do. Yeah. And it's just fun. You can go in and out of the trees just a little bit, but it's really flat little kind of cat track. And, yeah, it's a, it's a love-hate relationship for the adults, and yeah. especially when the kids want you to follow them into the trees because oh, yeah. your long skis don't quite fit in. <laughs> no, no, but, no, even the kids I coach are like, can we ski hot tub? <laughs> no, <laughs> not skiing a hot tub. <laughs> My skis don't fit in there. <laughs> It's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. Your yeah. skis, they fit. My skis, not so much. Yeah. See you at the bottom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you want to follow this rising star's journey, you can find him on Instagram at Jack underscore Kolish. That's K-O-L-E-S-C-H. And if you joined us because you needed a mountain break from daily life or perhaps you're passing the time while driving to the lake, whatever the case, thanks for choosing to share your time with us. As always, it's a privilege. On behalf of the Lake Louise Ski Resort, I'm Kelly Vanderbeek, and that wraps today's episode. Stay tuned as more legends visit me and my mic.